This episode of Arista's Movie Adventure, we're continuing our discussion on the Alien franchise, as we discuss Alien vs. Predator and its direct sequel, Alien vs. Predator Requiem. Alien vs. Predator is a 2004 movie that pits our lovable aliens against another smash hit fro from the 1980s, The Predator. At this point, The Predator has a franchise in its own right, with two movies and many comic books, video games, and other media. The concept of Alien vs. Predator was first explored in print. Dark Horse Comics started this crossover comic series in 1989, with various iterations and additional crossovers throughout the years. There's Alien vs. Predator vs. The Terminator, there's Superman and Batman vs. Alien and the Predator, and Aliens and Predators vs. Judge Dredd, among others. As a quick introduction to The Predator, this franchise centers around a humanoid extraterrestrial warrior race of creatures. They hunt their prey with various tools and weapons and technology. They can turn invisible and see infrared, and in the first movie, Arnold Schwarzenegger wins. They have large mandibles on their face, and as Arnold puts it best, they are one ugly motherfucker. That's Predator. Aliens, spaceships, guns, warrior race. Keep that in mind. The first Alien vs. Predator movie came out in 2004 and was directed by Paul W.S. Anderson. Please do not confuse him for Paul Thomas Anderson. Paul W.S. Anderson is a director mainly known for picking nerdcore projects and mainstreaming them a little bit. He is most famous for the Resident Evil film franchise, which ditches plot elements from the games in favor of more flashy zombie action. Although honestly, the Resident Evil films are a bit of a guilty pleasure of mine. Anyway. Let's set the scene a little bit. Around 2002, Ridley Scott and 20th Century Fox were in discussions for a fifth Alien movie. Ridley Scott wanted to tell the story of Alien origins and see how they were first created. James Cameron was involved in this project as well. So you have the guy who directed the first Alien movie to huge success, and the guy who directed the second Alien movie that elevated the franchise, both teaming up to show the origins of these creatures. However, 20th Century Fox was just not interested. They wanted to pursue an Alien vs. Predator. At the time, Aliens director James Cameron hated the idea, calling it Frankenstein meets Werewolf, and that Fox was only concerned with milking the properties that they owned. Ridley Scott also hated the idea, and has refused to watch it or even acknowledge it. 20th Century Fox moved forward without Cameron or Scott. Six producers were hired for this movie, including John Davis, who formerly produced the first two Predator films. John Davis approached Paul W.S. Anderson to direct this AVP film, having liked Anderson's previous work on Event Horizon, a horror sci-fi movie, and Resident Evil, a sci-fi film based off of a video game franchise. Paul W.S. Anderson wanted to do something the prior Alien film didn't do and set the story on Earth. He wanted to make it a prequel of sorts, set long before the official canon story of the previous Alien films. In this development, Paul W. Anderson came up with a loose story straight out of Ancient Aliens in the History Channel. He wanted to link the story of aliens and predators to the question of how did so many civilizations build such grand pyramid-like structures? And so the general plotline was established. In ancient times, predators came to Earth to instruct primitive humans to build pyramids to serve as temples. The predators brought alien eggs, and every 100 years, the predators would come to Earth and fight the aliens as a rite of passage within the Predator culture. Alien vs. Predator tells the story of a modern-day industrialist, Charles Bishop Wayland, 
who discovers an ancient pyramid temple hidden under miles of ice on an island off the coast of Antarctica. Wayland hires a ragtag group of scientists and explorers to investigate the pyramid and get to the bottom of a heat signature below the ice. Our main character here is Alexa Wood, portrayed by Sanaa Lathan. She is an Arctic guide hired to assist in the cold weather exploration. While the humans are making their way to the island, a Predator spaceship floats into orbit around Earth and launches a one-time laser shot at the temple, boring a large hole into the surface ice at a 45-degree angle, opening a tunnel into the pyramid. The exploration team and the scientists follow this tunnel and head deep underground as an archaeological exploration to discover the mysteries of the pyramid. In doing so, they awaken an alien queen who is chained up in the lower parts of the pyramid. She starts laying eggs that hatch into facehuggers and take out the humans one by one to become the xenomorphs. In the meantime, three predators land on the island and descend into the pyramid. Through a series of events, some of the humans are killed, some of the aliens are killed, some of the predators are killed. One of the scientists, together with our main character, Alexa, reads some of the symbols and writings on the wall and is able to deliver some exposition. The Predators are an ancient warrior race that came to Earth a millennia ago and taught the primitive humans how to build pyramids. They used those pyramids to host the powerful serpents. The Predators would return every 100 years as a rite of passage to unleash the serpents and hunt them down. If the Predator loses, it unleashes a bomb large enough to wipe out the entire civilization completely. If the Predator wins, they are deemed a true warrior among their race. After learning this, Alexa gets into some entangled meetings with the aliens and more predators, and eventually teams up with the sole remaining predator, who fashions a sword and shield out of a xenomorph corpse, for Alexa specifically. They fight off the aliens together. Alexa says the line, The enemy of my enemy is my friend, and they make their way up to the surface. Meanwhile, the alien queen breaks free of its chains in the pyramid and chases the pair to the surface, where it chases Alexa around the abandoned whaling facility on the island. She's eventually able to kill it by luring it to fall off a cliff into the ocean depths. The Predator then dies in the process. The Predator spaceship in orbit comes to retrieve the corpses of the Predator with Alexa. Seeing Alexa's triumph, the Predator chieftain marks Alexa with a warrior symbol as a sign of respect. She is shown to be a true warrior among their race. The predators hop on the ship, corpse in hand, and fly off into space. Once in orbit, the camera pans over the corpse of the predator, where an alien chestburster rips out with predator-like mandibles. Roll credits. Alien vs. Predator was made on a budget of approximately $70 million. It gained a respectable $177 million at the box office. It was released on August 13, 2004 in North America in movie theaters and released on January 25, 2005 for home video. The film itself was shot and edited in Prague in the Czech Republic. On release, the movie received less than stellar reviews, with some critics highlighting the failures of the camera work and the action scenes. The four previous installments of the Alien franchise have been rated R, and this movie was rated PG-13, which was another criticism. People criticized the limitations of a PG-13 when dealing with the subject matter. Some positives at the time were the practical and special effects uh, of the sets and monsters. The movie hasn't aged all that well, with it maintaining very poor reviews on Rotten Tomatoes and Metacritic. 
I think it's got like a 21% on Rotten Tomatoes and 29 out of 100 on Metacritic. Some fun things is that Arnold Schwarzenegger was actually supposed to reprise his role in the film, uh, his role from the Predator movies, but it was deep in the middle of a recall effort for the governor of California. He stipulated that if he lost his recall election, he would shoot the cameo, but in the end he won recall and remained with his duties as the governor of California. Lance Henriksen was the first actor cast in the movie as the role of Charles Bishop Wayland. Note that the connection to the original franchise with the corporation Wayland yutani being Ripley's employer from the Alien movie. So despite it being set in 2004, an alien in the distant future, Paul W.S. Anderson wanted some form of continuity and connection to the original movie. So he cast the same actor to portray a character with the same name. Lance Hendrickson said that to eliminate confusion, think of it like this, as if Microsoft, 100 years from now, were to create an android and named it Bill, after Bill Gates. Think of it like that. As far as its place in the franchise, it, it does seem a little bit disjointed. Paul W.S. Anderson is a guy who seems to give less of a shit as his movies go on. Uh, his recent Resident Evil films and the Monster Hunter movie have made, he made have just been awful. But as I mentioned earlier, he did direct a sci-fi horror movie called Event Horizon in 1997. And this was pretty good. It was a pretty good psychological horror movie about a rescue vessel locating a stranded spaceship around Jupiter. They investigate the disappearance of the crew, and psychological drama happens. Event Horizon has a lot of homages to the original Alien movie, so I bet that back then, Paul W.S. Anderson was eager to direct an Alien film of his own. Uh, and you can tell, right? The practical effects and choreography are pretty good. Some of the side characters are, are kind of fun. Overall, it's just an okay movie, but some of my complaints are, are, are with the continuity. I appreciate that he wanted to set it on Earth, which is something that no other Alien movie had done, but why set it in 2004? I mean, in Alien, Ripley mentions this is the first contact they have, and that's in like a couple hundred years in the future. So is this the first contact that the aliens have with the human race? It seems pretty in and out of canon. It's unsure. Ultimately, I think it's a better movie than Alien Resurrection, the, the fourth movie in the franchise. But uh, would I recommend it to somebody? Probably not. If you want to complete the series, watch it. If you want to see some aliens, watch it. If you want to see aliens fighting predators, watch it. If you don't care about either of those franchises, then don't bother. All of that being said, Alien vs. Predator is a masterpiece work of art compared to its follow-up film, Alien vs. Predator Requiem. Alien vs. Predator Requiem starts off right where the first one left off. It opens up with the scene of the Predator corpse bursting open and a Predator-like chestburster escapes its body. This creature is now called the Predalien and it wreaks havoc on the Predator ship. The ship crash lands in a small Colorado town, and now the fully grown Predalien starts wreaking havoc on the town and its citizens. The Predalien causes some damage and hunts people. It ends up laying some regular old alien eggs, and those hatch, and those create more xenomorphs, and those hunt the people, and it sort of frames it as if it's a slasher horror flick. Uh, where it really kind of falls flat is that it, it, it has too many characters, and it sort of tries to frame it as like a teen comedy 
but also teen slasher film. It's like as if they watched, uh, you know, the, 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 the slasher horror movies of the 90s with high school students and decided to focus on predators and aliens and, and, and force that into this franchise. There's too many characters, too many situations going on. There's like this young, wimpy, nerdy kid and the, the hot girl that he's had got a crush on. And then there's this ex-convict here to help, like returning from jail. And then there's like some National Guard members uh, from Colorado that try to help out and fight the creatures. And ultimately, none of this really works. Uh, I don't really know where else to go in on that. Just to imagine, think to yourself what a good story would be like. And it's probably better than what this movie actually happens. So a bunch of aliens uh, just start slaughtering some human beings in Colorado. More predators do land and they fight it out. And so you have the Predalien with aliens as they fight the predator. And humans get involved and people die. Uh, and that's kind of it. There's pretty much no real plot outside of that. In the end, uh, the U.S. government drops a nuke on the town and, and eradicates everything and everybody. So, spoiler, I guess. It's just a, a really bad movie that I would not recommend to anybody. It's terrible. Uh, some things that I did not like about it is just the color grading. It's, it's not well lit at all. There's a scene at the end where the Predalien and a, a predator are fist fighting. They're like swinging and you know, clawing at each other. The predator's got these swords on his arms, swinging and attacking. And it's just poorly lit. It's dark. In the movie, it's raining and there's no light on it. So all you see is really just wet shadows swinging at each other. It is not very good. I wouldn't recommend it. I don't think anybody should watch this ever again. Uh, in fact, I regret watching it myself. It's just bad, really bad. And actually writing and talking about this is really putting stress on me to finish this because I didn't even want to do this podcast because I didn't want to talk about how shitty this movie is. It's really bad. Don't watch it. I'm going to go into some of the background stuff, talk about some of the reception and the directors and the writing and whatnot, but like, why? This movie sucks. <laughs> so that's about it. Unfortunately, it's a huge letdown. The Predalien design is pretty cool. You know, a predator alien creature that looks awesome. It does sort of solidify that aliens, uh, when they uh, you know, do the face hugger and kind of implant into a person, that they, uh, they, 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 they gather the DNA characteristics of the creature that they are inhabiting. So like humans can release xenomorphs, right? But then the predator, when they do it on the predator, it releases the predalien. And so it's got the mandibles of a predator. It is kind of like the physical sort of like bulk of a predator. But it, that's where the, the positives end. Like the character creature design is cool, but that's where it ends. And the creature design isn't even original to this movie. So... There's no good positives. There's nothing good about this movie uh, other than what they took from other other sort of sources. So, yeah, I'm going to stop rambling about this, uh, about the plot and how bad this movie is. And I'm going to kind of get into the reception and uh, the, the background a bit. So enjoy, I guess. I know I won't. Alien vs. Predator Requiem was released on November 4th, 2007 in theaters. It unfortunately made its way into our homes on April 15, 2008. The movie was filmed in Vancouver, Canada in 2006. AVPR had two directors, brothers Colin and Greg Strauss, who were known exclusively for their VFX work at the time. This was their first feature film. While shooting in the movie in 2006, the directors also did the visual effects on other movies at the same time, working on 300 and the Fantastic Four movie. This took away from them directing AVPR. 
The directors only ever directed one movie after this and then went back to just doing special effects work for their career. The movie had a budget of $40 million and somehow, some way, made $130 million at the box office. As I stated in my rant about the plot, this movie just isn't good. On release, it was universally panned by critics and today holds about a 13% on Rotten Tomatoes. It seems to shit all over the source material, bastardizing the creatures and trying to frame the story as a teen horror slasher movie like Scream. This movie was on several Worst of 2007 lists and managed to earn several Razzie Award nominations. If you haven't guessed, I don't recommend this movie to anybody. If you aren't the biggest mega alien fan or predator fan on the planet, don't watch it. It's just bad. There's nothing memorable or notable about this. Full stop. Full avoid. Don't watch it. There's some creepy, weird scenes about the pred-alien impregnating pregnant women in a maternity ward in the hospital, and it's just so dirty and wrong and not, not what the original spirit of the original alien was going for. The only good, the only good part, the only part of this movie in which I went, ha ha, and had a quick chuckle was the death of the romantic lead, romantic interest, in which she gets her head chopped off by a giant shuriken thing. That's about it. There's no, no redeeming qualities of this movie at all. So really, that's it. That's it for these two pieces of cinema. They're not great, but at least one of them, the first one is watchable. The second one is not watchable whatsoever. So, you know, avoid the second one. Maybe, maybe watch the first one if you're a fan of the franchise. As a side note, I want to briefly touch on a movie called The Predator from 2018, directed by Shane Black. This is the fourth standalone movie in the Predator franchise, and this is what inspired me to take a deep dive in the Alien series. The reason is because this film is one of the worst pieces of shit movies I've ever fucking seen. Do not watch this. At all. It's crass, offensive, and stupid. The cast should be excellent. We have Olivia Munn, Keegan-Michael Key, Sterling K. Brown, and Jacob Tremblay, and these are some of the best actors working today. And they're all really bad. It's just, they're all relegated to sex objects and stereotypes. The plot is around a squadron of PTSD-inflicted soldiers fighting a predator who is on Earth to steal the DNA of an autistic child. Think about every bad decision that went into that, and you're probably thinking of something better than what actually happened. Don't see this at all. It's fucking awful. It inspired me to do this deep dive because I wanted to see what happened. How did such an iconic science fiction franchise from the 70s and 80s turn into such garbage? But yeah, that's it. That's kind of what inspired me to take a look at some of these movies here. And uh, anyway, uh, thank you for listening. I appreciate the, the kind of ride that you've gone on with me so far. So that's about it. Feel free to reach me at Movie Arista on Twitter. Uh, you can give me some movie recommendations. Tell me this is good. Tell me this is bad. Whatever. I'll check something out. Anyway, till next time, see ya.